Hello, this is your Body and Soul podcast, Healthish. I am Felicity Harley. So in case you missed it, September is Blood Cancer Awareness Month, and I just want to share a few facts with you. The Leukaemia Foundation has found that blood cancers combined are now the second most diagnosed cancers in Australia. In fact, one person every 28 minutes is diagnosed. Now, unlike many other cancers, there are no screening programs available for blood cancer and there is no way to prevent blood cancer through lifestyle change. My guest today is a blood cancer survivor, journalist, author and speaker, Elle Halliwell, joins me in the studio to share her story. And by the way, she is up on Extra Healthish, telling us how she navigates health today. Thank you for coming on Healthyish and in the studio. Lovely to see you. It is so nice to be here. Thank you for having me, Felicity. Now, give us a bit of an insight into your battle with blood cancer. Perhaps tell us a bit more about what type of blood cancer you have. Yes, absolutely. I have uh, chronic myeloid leukaemia. I was diagnosed in 2016, um, two days before I found out I was pregnant with my first child. Um, So it's been a really long battle. And I think with a chronic illness, um, you know, it's something that doesn't have a cure. Um, So it's part of my life now. Um, But I'm really happy to say that um, I'm in a really good place health-wise now. And I have a little boy who is absolutely healthy and is just about to start school holidays next week. So um, first, first year of school. So we're really happy. I mean, it's so nice now in hindsight, you can look back on that time when you you know, it was so hard for you to make that decision. Can you just tell us a bit about what it was like at that time? Yeah, it was really confusing because here I am dealing with an illness that I didn't even know existed really uh, because there's so many different elements of blood cancer that I don't think people realise until you go through something or you know um, someone who's gone through something. So there was a lot of doctor's appointments and really long, you know, medical words that I didn't understand and um, choices that had, you know, a deadline. You know, I had to make these certain choices before... um, you know, by a certain time in order to kind of, yeah, get get the survive. outcomes and, and survive. Yeah, so I had a choice to either terminate my child or, um, God, you know... and makes me sick hearing right. that. It's, yeah, it was a really crazy decision um, because that was the only way that I was going to be able to go on treatment um, or I could hold off treatment and, you know, cross my fingers and hope that the birth was successful and that we were both... You know, well. surviving. Yeah, mm. so Can it was you just a big tell choice. Tell us a bit about the symptoms of blood cancer in the beginning when you thought, "Hang on, I'm probably not 100 percent healthy here." That's the scariest part. I actually didn't have any of the obvious symptoms that a normal blood cancer patient might have. I was tired. That was probably the only thing. Um, I it was a random blood test that I had because me and my husband were planning to have a baby down, you know, down the track later that year and I wanted my vitamin D levels checked and it came back with high platelets. And that was really the only sign. Aside from that, I just thought I was a bit run down from work. And so to get a diagnosis like that, when you just think that you're a little bit tired, I mean, who isn't tired? Uh, exactly. I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, like that's all of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is me. That's right. So it was, I was completely blindsided and that was the shocking thing. Um, and I guess that's the difference between a chronic cancer and an acute cancer, because often, you know, you, you can get diagnosed with absolutely no obvious symptoms. How do you emotionally get through 
the roller coaster that you know the highs over the past six years it's been now or and the the lows um, I think at the time it was very much just taking things day by day and that actually really has helped me going forward because I now look at things from that point of view now I think you know what I can't predict the future because who I didn't know two hours before I was diagnosed that I had cancer so I kind of have have a bit more of a perspective like that now. Um, but I think having support, you know, not, not just from my friends and family, but also, um, you know, the organisations uh, like the Leukaemia Foundation, just to be able to call and say, hey, do you know anyone else with this who I could maybe reach out to? Or what do I do about organising like a, um, a second opinion or transport to and from, you know, appointments and stuff? So having a support of, you know, love and also connections where you can get answers, couldn't speak more highly of of those. And I suppose just asking for help too, isn't it? A lot of the time, you know, whether we do have a long-term illness or whatever we're going through, often we just sit there and the world feels too big on our shoulders and often just putting up your hand is a great way to people are there to help we want to help each other that's right people want to help and sometimes being able to you know by action help someone is a better way for them to I guess get get through it themselves when they're looking at a loved one's diagnosis than just being you know able to give words of comfort because sometimes they just seem to fall flat and you don't feel like it's doing enough but just being able to offer help can make a difference not only to the person who's receiving it but also the person giving it. Yeah. Actually, I um, was having a conversation with someone I hadn't seen for a while and we are talking about a fellow person that we knew whose child has leukaemia and he was saying to me, oh, I don't know what I should do. And I thankfully, after interviewing many pe- inspiring people like you, I have learnt that it's better to reach out and just send a text or say, I'm dropping a lasagna off or what can I do to help is better than not doing anything at all and just stewing about, oh, what should I do? What should I do? Just ask. It's so true. That's right. And um, my cousin's son, he's actually going through an acute leukaemia diagnosis at the moment. Oh, what? And it's been a really long journey. And being on that other side of, you know, the coin where I feel so helpless not being able to help, but just sending, you know, messages, just saying, hey, here for you. If you ever need to vent, you know, my, my beautiful cousin has three other, well, you know, she's got three kids and it's just been such a long road and, um you know, but I've seen the support that she's been given and that gives me hope as well for her and her, her beautiful little boy. Oh, all the best to her. Now, on your Instagram bio, you describe yourself as thriving with blood cancer. I love this. How do you do this in your everyday life? Oh, I think that I, I look at my diagnosis not so much as like a burden or a curse or think why me because I mean here I am still walking around and you know trying to just live as normal a life as I can um, and I, I do feel like it's given me a you know bigger appreciation for for what I do have and so that's why I feel like I'm not just surviving like I really am living life with more appreciation, gratitude and um, with a, yeah, just a renewed zest for life, knowing that, you know, I have this illness every day. um, Yeah, it's, it's a gentle reminder for me to just keep on living life and 
yeah, who knows what's around the corner. Are there any health habits or wellbeing habits that are non-negotiable in your day? I would love to say they're non-negotiable, but being a mum and having a job. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> they uh, do. Yeah. Maybe sleep. That's right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And sometimes that's just, yeah, I negotiate that often. Um, but I think that just trying to say no a little bit more um, and prioritise my own time, it's something that I'm hoping will become more of a non-negotiable Uh, But that's a big one for me. And then also um, just finding that balance between living a healthy life, doing all the right things, but also not stressing about doing everything perfectly and doing all the right things, I think, because it's that battle between your mental health and your physical health. And so I try not to, um, you know, chastise myself if I miss a yoga day or, um, you know, I pick up something on the road on a road trip that's clearly not healthy for me. And I think it's about finding that balance. We call that living a healthy-ish life. Elle, thank you for coming on Healthy-ish. Thank you so much. If you or a loved one are impacted by a blood cancer diagnosis, please contact the Leukaemia Foundation's Blood Cancer Support Line Monday to Friday, 10 to 4. That is 1-800-620-420 or jump online, bloodcancer.org.au. Thank you again for listening to this chat with Elle. And if you want more from us at Body and Soul, you know where to go. We are online, on social media, and there are other episodes of Healthish and Extra Healthish. And also, if you have a moment, we would be so grateful if you could rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. And until next time you listen, stay healthy-ish. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs>